0: Welcome back to another episode of the podcast, Rami Umptum Ruminations. My name is Scott, and I'm the host. Today's episode is called President Oaks Struggles to Love His Neighbor. Thanks for coming back to listen to another episode. (laughs) You may have noticed that there's a new intro music and there will also be new outro music at the end of the episode. I had to make this change because um, I purchased the rights to the previous song that I was using, but it has recently been flagged on YouTube as having a copyright. And although I own the copyright to be able to use it, it flags it every time and it just creates a hassle. And so I got a new jingle to not have to go through and submit to YouTube that I have the rights to play this song every episode. So here we are, new jingle. Hope you like it. I like it. And here we go. (laughs) It's been a minute since I've done a shameless self plug, so I'm going to get it out of the way quick. If my podcast is something that you enjoy, please consider becoming a monthly recurring donor, sending a dollar, two dollars, five dollars my way a month would be greatly appreciated. It's a way to show me that you appreciate what I'm doing. It helps me keep the lights on and pay for the editing software that I that I use and and that sort of thing. If if uh, donating to the podcast is not something you're financially able to do, leave a comment, write a review, share it with a friend, get the word out so that uh, we can spread out to a wider audience. And with that, we're going to jump into things. Today, I'm going to respond to Elder Oaks's devotional that he gave on May 21st of 2023. It was called Stand for Truth and he gave it in the Conference Center Theater in Salt Lake City and it was for young adults. There's really only a few things that I want to respond to here. Um the talk is pretty average. It's it's exactly what you would expect from President Oaks. He starts off talking about the plan of salvation and He's acknowledging or trying to um, set the stage or explain this, explain to the youth that the world is so much more evil than it was back when he was a kid. Which is so funny because every generation, that's the same thing that's taught to them. It's oh, this, the world is so much more evil than it used to be. You know, it's getting worse and worse. Things are just getting more and more evil. That's just the older generation rejecting the shifting culture of the younger generations and doesn't really have much to do with actual right and wrong morality he says as i said he's sitting the stage he's talking about the plan of salvation and the things that people are supposed to do specifically the youth in the church what they're supposed to do in this life on earth their purpose for being here in this devotional that he's he's passing out to the rest of the world he's talking about census statistics about about citizens in the United States. So these trends might not represent what's happening in the rest of the world, but apparently to Elder Oaks, the way he's taking these USA census statistics is that they are representative of what's happening throughout the entire world instead of just in the United States. And I'll I'll read a quote from him here. Leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ are uniquely concerned about recent changes in the nature and extent of marriage in the United States. This includes the increasing tendency of U.S. citizens, including some worthy young Latter-day Saint men and women, to postpone marriage. To demonstrate that tendency, let us look at two charts on marriage. After this point, he shows two charts that that show the percent of of adults in the United States that have ever been married both male and female and then also the average age of first marriage among LDS church members and um, I'm assuming the statistics that they're pulling for this this average first marriage is from the, the records that they gather on members of the church. And what he says about this second chart, it shows dates from 1970 to 2015, and it shows the average age of the first marriage of men and women going up about five years. He says, the second chart shows a related increase in the age of marriage of young Latter-day Saints. This portrays the average age of Latter-day Saint men and women at the time of their first marriage in the last 25 years. It shows an increase of about five years for both men and women. And here's, here's what he says about it. And I think this is exactly what they're concerned about. And I'll, I'll say it right here. Consider what young Latter-day Saints miss when marriage is intentionally delayed for a significant period. Opportunities lost and blessings postponed. This means delays in the important personal growth that occurs in the, leadership, in the relationship between husband and wife. Growth in such qualities as sacrifice and humility. It means decreased opportunities to work together to build the kingdom of God. Most important, it means fewer children born to grow up with the blessings of the gospel. Most important of the things he listed, most important, it means fewer children born to grow up with the blessings of the gospel. They're concerned about stagnating membership records. People leaving the church, fewer people getting married, fewer people staying active, uh, in their, into adulthood. He hits this point a couple paragraphs later. Um, in between here, um, President Oaks um, invited Sister Oaks to speak and she gets a paragraph and a half and then it's back to Elder, uh, President Oaks. And he says, in, secu- in secular terms, the postponing of children, even their significant devaluing is evident in the trend just reported in a respected national poll which shows that the importance to adults of having children has dropped in the last 25 years from 66% to 33%. And that's that's a poll from the Wall Street Journal is what he's citing, apparently. The motive for them telling the youth to get married is they want the youth to have kids. That's what this is all about. I do want to give um, a positive note to this. I think they um, they handled well one of the criticisms that many people have against the LDS Church about uh, pressuring people to get married as soon as possible. Um, Sister Oaks here mentions that she was married for the first time at age fifty three, and she talks about the struggle of dating and not dating and the pain that she felt um, of not being married as an LDS woman. For better or worse, believer, non-believer, it seems like in this devotional, they're trying to acknowledge that for some people, the plan of salvation doesn't fit perfectly. And she even says, uh, she quotes Sister Michelle D. Craig, as, uh, as having said, trials do not mean the plan is failing. The plan includes growth and is meant to help us seek God. Heavenly Father is more interested in your growth as a disciple of Jesus Christ than he is in your comfort. That doesn't sound great. Something about that rubs me wrong. Sister uh, Michelle Craig is uh, the first counselor in the Young Women's General Presidency as of recording this. Yeah, that phrase really bothers me. Um, Heavenly Father is more interested in your growth as a disciple of Jesus Christ than he is in your comfort. Maybe it's taken out of context here, but um, it doesn't seem to line up with a loving God, that, the way that's phrased. One of the listeners out there, maybe go and read the talk that that's from. It's from uh, Wholehearted, the Liahona in uh, November of 2022. So maybe that was a conference talk from last year that I'm not remembering for better or worse, you're going to find good points and bad points in most of these talks. Um, Sister Oaks was talking about her struggles not being, a, not being married at a young age, and I thought that that was, was interesting to hear about, uh, a perspective that you don't get very often, especially in, uh, during a devotional that is high pressure and telling the youth to go get married and make as many babies as they can. Now, the main reason I wanted to, to talk about this devotional is this, this letter that I'm going to read right here, and then Elder Oaks's, President Oaks's response to it. He says that he received a letter from a 16-year-old girl, and he's going to change her name and all those things. So I'm going to jump and read this letter that he received, and then I'm going to read his response to the letter. I feel like I sometimes get inconsistent and confusing messages from the church. In my day-to-day life, I see members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints on social media act as if they aren't part of the gospel. I feel like I'm the only young woman in my ward who sees the things I see wrong with the world. I truly don't understand why so many youth in our church don't see any problem with people changing their gender every other day, dating people who are the same sex, or identify as no gender. There's, there's a lot to unpack there, but I'm going to keep going, okay? At Warder Stake Youth Activities, I am asked my pronouns, or at school, I am asked to dance with a girl who thinks she is a boy. I know we are supposed to love everyone and show them respect, and I always do. I just feel that there is a line being crossed. I wish we heard more talk from church leaders about this problem. Before I jump into it and, and read what President Oak says, she says we're supposed to love and respect them and that she always does. But throughout this letter, she's misgendering people. The whole vibe of this letter does not show any respect for the people that she's talking about. Okay, I'm going to keep going. (laughs) President Oak says, Why does her letter strike me so profoundly? She wants to do what is right, but she feels surrounded by values and behaviors she feels to be wrong. And she just doesn't know what to do about it. She wants to stand for truth, but she doesn't know how to do it with love. In a devotional to young adults at Ensign College, Elder Clark G. Gilbert and I described this challenge of standing fast with love while proclaiming truth. We can still love others and find common ground without compromising the truths we know. I've said it before in a previous podcast, this was probably well over a year ago, but if the church wants us to use its full name and instead of call them Mormons... The church must then also respect the pronouns and names that other people use and decide to use to make them feel more comfortable in their own skin. If the church can make that expectation upon the world, then they should recognize and understand that when that's being asked of them by other people, they should also respect it. The church doesn't want to be Dead named and called the Mormon Church. They want to be called the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. So when members of the church are presented with someone who's trans or has transitioned or is trying to transition, don't dead name them either and use the wrong pronouns and the wrong name for people. This, this is an easy parallel for people to understand. The advice that President Oaks gives here is to read. The For Strength of Youth pamphlet, he says, I have felt impressed by the spirit to use this opportunity to to emphasize some of the precious truths the gospel of Jesus Christ reveals to help us with such confusions. These confusions that he's referring to is uh, gender dysphoria specifically. Then he directs the youth to read the For Strength of Youth pamphlet. With these truths as your guide, you can make inspired choices that will bless you throughout eternity. At this point, he deflects. And instead of directly addressing the very real concern of this believer, this woman, this young woman who is trying to be devout and follow the prophet asks a direct question about what to do. President Oaks doesn't answer her. He says, read the First Strength of Youth pamphlet. And then he says, when Jesus was asked what the great which was the great commandment he gave two the first was to love God which we show by keeping his commandments the second was to love our neighbor we must do both and that is not easy many of us he's projecting here have a tendency to give less attention to loving our neighbor and to overemphasizing keeping the law that is surely my tendency because of my legal training the title of the episode today Comes from this little section right here, where President Oakes admits to the fact that he struggles to love his neighbor. And he says this while he's talking about the LGBTQ plus community. On one hand, I think it's great that he's admitting that this is a struggle for him. But on the other hand, the tone and vibe of this whole talk doesn't show that he loves this community. I just don't know why. President Oakes always has to talk about the LGBTQ plus community. It just doesn't make sense to me. It occupies a huge space in his mind for it to come up in every single devotional that he talks about. At this point, he goes on for a couple more paragraphs, but never answers her question and never tells her what she should do when interacting with other kids in her school or in her church, that have different values than her. He just says, love God, love your neighbor, and then he talks about that. So perhaps that is his answer, that we are supposed to love God and love our neighbor. He continues on a little later, a related and more familiar issue is the feeling of being romantically attracted to persons of the same gender. Of course, if not acted upon, such attractions are not sins. But how do we deal with such feelings in us or in others? My first advice is to remember that whatever our own variations in the diversity of our father in heaven's creations, he loves all of us. And his perfect plan of happiness has a place for all. We show our love for him by keeping his commandments, including love for his children. First of all, he's talking about the transgender community. Now he shifts it over to more broadly, the LGBTQ community. Saying that he, that we need to love everyone and that even though we don't understand the plan of salvation, he's not going to reveal anything more about it than we already know to give a place for these people. And then here's what he says. As persons and family members experience such feelings, they should be careful with labels. President Russell M. Nelson spoke of this in the Worldwide Devotional last year. He taught that labeling is university, universally limiting because it divides and restricts the way people think about themselves and each other. Consequently, he taught, no identifier should displace, replace, or take priority over these three enduring designations, child of God, child of the covenant, and disciple of Jesus Christ. Then he warned, any identifier that is not compatible with these three basic designations will ultimately let you down. Other labels will disappoint you in, the time, in time because they do not have the power to lead you towards eternal life in the celestial kingdom of God. What he is saying here is do not identify as gay, do not identify as lesbian, do not identify as bisexual, transgender, or anything in the LGBTQ plus community. He is saying do not identify as them. They will lead you down a path that will not take you to the kingdom of God. But he says it broadly enough that you could read into this that he also doesn't say that you should identify as a man or a woman or that you should identify as a Republican or a Democrat, a citizen of the United States or a citizen of, of whatever the country. <laughs> it's just vague enough that you, could, that you could take from this a lot of different things from the context of what he's saying right beforehand. He's specifically referring to the LGBTQ plus community and saying, do not identify with this community. These labels will take you away from God. One of my frustrations with all of this, and I'll wrap this episode up pretty quick here. These men are supposed to be prophets, seers, and revelators. They've been confronted with this idea that goes directly in contradiction to the way that they view the world, but they're not receiving revelation to explain it they're not receiving new counsel and new light and knowledge from on high to update the plan of salvation to be more inclusive to the world as we observe it this ongoing restoration that they have been talking about in the last five ten years this is exactly something that the church needs to have some ongoing restoration around Finding a place in the plan of salvation for the LGBTQ plus community. I'm going to steer away from turning this in just to, into just a bashing session of President Oaks. So I'm going to end on a more positive note. <laughs> I paused the recording there for a minute and I reread through the whole thing, trying to find something positive to say about this. And other than what I had already mentioned that, that uh, Sister Oaks here um, does a good job of presenting a viewpoint that isn't touched on very often, that of a single member of the church who wants to be married but hasn't found the right person yet, and and the pain and the struggle of the pressure within the church on that type of individual. I think that's great, and I'm glad that it was addressed, but that's about the only good thing that I could find in this discussion. It's striking to me that, they, that throughout the talk that President Oaks keeps talking about loving other people and following the commandment to love thy neighbor but nothing about the way he treats the lgbtq plus community is loving thanks for listening to the episode today as i said at the outset if you enjoy this podcast if you like what i'm doing please consider becoming a monthly recurring donor to the podcast leave a comment rate it five stars I typically try pretty hard to be neutral or to be uh, more lenient on the lds church um, but a subject like this one where it um, is directly attacking different communities it's not something that i can just let it go and, and not speak out against i really think that this talk was very problematic throughout so wherever you find yourself out there carefully crafting that perfect apology text to a friend that you accidentally offended. I hope that you have an excellent day. Oh, and uh, (laughs) I hope you enjoy the new outro music. It's the same as the intro. I just uh, have the fade happening a little bit differently here.